message. And uh, as we've said each week, um, most of you have probably been with us throughout the series, but if you're just jumping in now at the, at the tail end, um, we've, there are 47 verses in the New Testament that have one another instructions, or we might say commands from Jesus um, on how we, are, how we are to treat one another, how we are to behave in our relationships with one another. And, uh, and as we've said each week, the, uh, in the Greek, in the New Testament, one another is not two words, but it's, it's one word. And we've said that that is significant because there's this concept in the New Testament language of one anothering, right? Of being in these reciprocal back and forth relationships where we, we have responsibility to treat each other a certain way, to one another well in the kingdom. And uh, so we've, we've uh, yeah, so there's that word, alelon in the Greek, one another. And so first week we talked about, we, we're grouping these 47 commands into four different groups um, so that we don't have to do a 47-part series. So, uh, so love one another was week one. Forgive one another, showing grace, the principle of grace. Uh, was week two, serve one another, the principle of humility, was last week. All of these messages can be found online, um, I think. I think week one got messed up, so you, not, you won't be able to find week one, sorry. Uh, but I can send you my notes if you really want them. Um, and then, so this week we're talking about encourage one another and the principle of unity. So... Our unity, our unity comes from the spiritual reality that we are a family, right? We are a family. We are adopted as sons and daughters and belong to the household of God, the household of the Father. And for that reason, we ought to default to being for each other, right? Cheering each other on. Not in opposition to each other, not in, not in competition with each other, but in celebration of each other, right? Not opposition, not competition, but celebration. Celebrating each other's wins, Helping to pick each other up when we fall down. Believing the best of each other and not assuming the worst. It's way easy to assume the worst of other people's motives, isn't it? Believing the best of each other and not assuming the worst. Choosing to love even when it's easy to take offense, to accuse, to speak evil, to attack. Instead, we love. Right? We love. So today we're looking at how that love is shown and how we encourage one another in the midst of the battle. 
So uh, point number one, easily enough, is encourage one another. Encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, if you're following in your Bibles or Bible apps, I encourage you to read along with me. Um, and uh, so 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11 Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. I'll read it again. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Now, those of you who have been around this church thing for a while, you've heard this before, but when we, when we read Therefore, we need to ask, what's it there for, right? Right? Obviously, something came before that's setting us up for a conclusion. Therefore. So what, what is it there for? Paul has been writing in the verses before. He's been writing about the struggle of faith and how it will intensify as the day of the Lord gets closer. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Yeah. So he's, he's saying we are to stay awake, to stay prepared. Therefore, we need encouragement. Does that make sense? Yeah. Therefore, we need encouragement. Living for Jesus in a world that is opposed to the things of God is not easy, and it's not getting easier. Right? That's one reason why we regularly need encouragement from one another. The English word encouragement, encouragement, right, has the word courage in it. And the word courage comes from the French word cœur, which means heart, right? And so, Courage means to have a strong or stout heart in the face of fear, in the face of difficulty. When we are discouraged, we have lost heart, right? And when we speak words of life and peace and celebration and appreciation to one another, we infuse into the heart of the person we're speaking to, we infuse them with courage. We strengthen their heart to face what they're facing. Important, it's significant. We help them have the courage to keep going. Notice that Paul puts the ideas of encouraging one another and building one another up together. It's very intentional. Our words towards one another should always be encouraging, building up and not tearing each other down. Right? Tearing down the faithful, tearing down those who are our brothers and sisters, that's the work of the devil. None of us should be doing the work of the devil, right? 
It's not our job to tear down. It's our job to build up always. Also notice that Paul presumes that the Thessalonians are already encouraging one another. He says, do this, encourage one another, build one another up as you are doing and all the more. Right? As you are doing. He presumes a culture of encouragement in their community. Why? Because that's what a community of Christ is to be. We are to be a community with a culture of encouragement. An atmosphere of encouragement. He presumes that that's there, but he says, keep going and ramp it up. Because it's needed. Your brothers and sisters need it. So it's worth asking. Are we like the Thessalonians? Do we have a culture of encouragement? Are we building one another up regularly? Right? rhetorical question. I don't want anybody shouting out answers, but it's a question that we need to think about. Can we honestly say we have a culture of encouragement? Right? So, so God, what, if it's, you know, and, and I say, I think we, I think we do to some extent, I think we can do better. Right? I don't think we're, I don't think we're a broken mess and we, you know, that, that we're at each other's throats. And, you know, I, I think we have a, a level of a culture of encouragement, but I think we can do better, right? Um, and so, so yeah, here, here's, a, here's a question, because, because the culture is about a whole bunch of individuals behaving the same way, right? So the question is, have I spoken words of life and encouragement to anyone this week? Right? Have I spoken words of life and encouragement to anyone this week? If I haven't, then I'm not fully walking out the commands of Jesus to encourage one another. Right? It's not to beat us up. It's just to say, let's, let's hear this call to our hearts to be that atmosphere of encouragement, right? And it starts with all of us. So encourage one another. Secondly, spur one another on. Spur one another on. Uh, Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's that language again, right? So the word here for spur, to spur someone on, 
uh, in the, in, again, going to the Greek language, to be, to be Greek geek for just a minute, um, the, the, the word to spur one another on or to spur someone on can be used in a positive sense or in a negative sense. It, it, it might be translated well in English with the word provoke. To provoke. We can provoke someone in a good way, like wake them up to a danger, wake them up to an opportunity to, to, you know, to encourage them to take action, to provoke someone. Or provoke can also be to, to, to get in someone's face and challenge them a little bit, right? To challenge them if they're going the wrong direction and call their attention to the consequences of their actions, to provoke. I think it's important to, to note that the end result is that we would be acting in love to provoke, to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Right? That's the goal. We're not just trying to irritate one another or annoy one another or poke our fingers at one another. Right? We're, we're actually wanna, wanting to challenge and encourage each other towards love and good deeds. So the goal helps us understand what the provoking might look like. The picture here in front of us today is of a man pointing someone to the finish line in the London Marathon. The guy in the black wants to give up. He's almost there, but he doesn't feel he has what it takes to go all the way. He is discouraged. But his buddy is provoking him. He knows that if he were to give up now, he would regret it. If he were to do something foolish to derail him from his goal, it would be disastrous. So he's pointing the way. There's the finish line. You can do it. Get back in the game. It's not worth it to quit. Right? Sometimes we need people to provoke us. Sometimes we'd rather take the lazy way, the easy way, the selfish way, the sinful way, the dangerous way, or just walk away. Right? But there, there is, this is, this is important, there is safety, folks, in numbers. There is safety in numbers. The people around us remember for us what our goals and our true desires are even when sometimes we've forgotten them momentarily. And they can get our attention and say, oh no you don't, not on my watch. I know that's not what you really want. Come on. This is the way to the finish line. Get up and keep going. We can do this. Right? Spur one another on to love and good deeds. As I said, there's, there's safety in numbers. That's why the writer here adds also that we should not neglect 
the gathering together as some have fallen into the habit of. But instead, instead, so the opposite of neglecting the gathering is encouraging one another. He says, should not neglect the gathering, but instead encourage, encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day approaching. It's only going to get darker. Right? We need each other. We, and, and we need encouragement as the antidote to the darkness. And the answer to isolation. Listen to me. Here and everywhere, because I talk to pastors all over the place, attendance at church has changed since COVID. It has. People have fallen into the habit of coming when they feel like it, and they, ten- they, they seem to feel like it less and less. And I'm not spanking anyone today. I'm just, I'm just calling us higher. I'm just provoking us a little bit right now. That folks, we need each other. We isolate ourselves to our detriment. And we teach our children to isolate themselves to their loss. And we need the collective wisdom and the collective voice of the community to help us stay on track. No amount of listening to pastors and preachers and teachers online, as good as they may be, can replace another human speaking a word of appreciation and encouragement to you because they know you and they care about you. So maybe I'm probably preaching to the choir today because if you're here, you're probably one of the ones that comes more often. But, but if you know somebody who's, who's fallen off the radar, needs some provoking, not because we don't like them, because we do like them, because we love them, because we, we need them and they need us. Put your arm around them and say, come, come and let us go. To the house of the Lord. Amen. Exhort one another. Hebrews 3.13. Reading from the English Standard Version. On this one it says. But exhort one another. Every day. As long as it is called today. That none of you may be hardened. By the deceitfulness of sin. The word, the word exhort is, is probably not one we use in everyday language, right? It's not like a hip new word the kids are using these days. Exhort, right? 
Um, and it's not one that we probably, maybe some of us are like, what does that even mean? Exhort one another. I, I would kind of describe exhortation, exhorting, like the picture we see up here, of, of a coach. And what they do when, they, when they're helping you to be your best. And they, they get in your face and they may, may even yell in your face, right? And uh, they, they may say, keep going, come on, you can do it, don't stop, push through the pain. And a casual observer might assume that the coach is being unkind to you, but, but we, you want the coach to call you out so you can fix your mistakes, so you can push through whatever, and so you can get to the next level. The writer here doesn't just say we should exhort one another occasionally. He says to do it daily, as long as it is called today. That's today. Right? We need to exhort someone. The reason we are to do this, it says, is so that we are not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Here's the trick. Most of us in this room would say, I'm not deceived. But the point of being deceived is that you don't know you're deceived because that's what being deceived is. Is that you don't know that you're believing a lie. You don't know you're believing something that you shouldn't believe and you don't know that you're going down a path that you shouldn't walk down. Right? In our first message in this series, when we talked about not judging or condemning one another, I said that that didn't mean that there wasn't room to call one another higher. I hope that wasn't too confusing. That was a double negative. But it doesn't mean that there isn't room to call one another higher. In other words, there is room in our relationships with each other, to call one another higher, right? You see, if I, if I start to slide into a deception or a sin, I don't want you to condemn me, but I also don't want you to slide, to let me slide without calling me out because I've fallen for a lie and I can't see it. And I'm not going to wake up to the danger until it's too late. We owe it to one another to exhort one another to stay on track. We might have different ideas of what the track is. And, and this isn't about controlling one another and making everybody follow the rules I've set for my life. It's not what this is about. But what it is about is drawing one another's attention back to Jesus and the path that we're called to walk. Because we have a history in the church of trying to control one another's behavior. That's not what the Bible tells us we ought to do. But if we continually point one another to Jesus, he'll, t he'll take care of that. Right? He's, he's my Lord. If I get my eyes back on Him, 
back on his mission. Right? And lastly this morning, you find in in the New Testament that we are to teach or admonish one another. Colossians 3.16. Again, I'm reading this one from the English Standard Version. Let the word of Christ. Everybody say word. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. The Word is our anchor. The Word is our standard. The Word is our authority. Right? Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. We need to be spending time in His Word. We need to let, our, let it dwell in us richly. We need to soak ourselves in His Word. Because if we're, if we're trying to live the life and we haven't read the instruction manual, we're going to crash and burn, right? And it's more than an instruction manual, but it's, it's, our, it's, our, it's the Word... The revelation of God to us. And we need to soak ourselves in it. The truths of the kingdom of God need to saturate our hearts so that we stay on track. You've heard, you've heard I'm sure, the preacher's illustration of, of you know, people that are being trained how to recognize a counterfeit bill, the bank. They don't recognize counterfeits by handling counterfeits they handle the real thing and they handle it so much that when something that's something doesn't feel quite right they know that they need to pay attention there's a counterfeit right we need to soak ourselves in the word soak ourselves in the truths of God's word so that when a counterfeit comes along we're like ah something's off that doesn't smell right that doesn't feel right that doesn't seem right The church of Jesus, 2,000 years later, although it's gone through seasons of chaos and losing its way over the centuries, but it keeps finding its way back to the message of Jesus and the mission of Jesus because it keeps holding up the Word. Keeps going back to the Word. And again, as we already said this morning, the safety of the safety of community is our strength. There's strength, there's, there's protection, safety in numbers, right? And off on our own, when we are isolated, when we're off on our own, it is easy to get sidetracked even when we're spending time in the Word because you can cherry pick verses out of here and teach just about any weird idea you want 
right? But we need to use the scriptures rightly, use the scriptures well. We need other scriptures to, to help us interpret the scriptures that, that seem confusing or whatever, right? So we, we need... We, we need each other as we do this thing. It's easy to get sidetracked with our favorite hobby horses, to slide into strange teachings without the wisdom and balance of not only the word, but the community of believers who help us with our blind spots. We are to teach each other. We are to learn from each other and even admonish each other. There's another weird word, right? Not one we use every day. Admonish. But it means to correct or redirect someone who's going astray. None of us likes to be corrected or admonished. Truth is, we all need it sometimes. But notice the gentleness of this verse. Our correction and our teaching is not to be done angrily or harshly, nor are we to behave in a superior way, making other people feel foolish or belittled. But rather, we are to encourage one another to stay faithful to the Scripture and to the faith handed down to us from those who have gone before. We are to sing to one another. That seems a little weird, doesn't it? Just sit down at a coffee shop and start singing to each other. A little wacky, right? Sing to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. But, but in, a, in, a, in an oral culture of the first century, that's how they memorized the scriptures. That's how they, that's how they read the scriptures. They would sing them. Even today, if you go into a Jewish synagogue, the person who's reading the scriptures is singing them. It's a person called a cantor. And they sing the scriptures. So it's saying that we need, to, we need to recite the scriptures to each other. We need to remind each other of what the word says. And then it says we are to do so with thankfulness in our hearts to God. There are a few things, very few things, that we should divide over when it comes to the teachings of Scripture. More often than not, we need to learn to hear each other and learn from each other as we understand the scriptures together and allow the Spirit of God to teach us together. Amen? The other verse, Romans 15, 14, likewise says, he, Paul writes and he says, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Wow. 
Paul believes very highly of the people that he's shepherding, right? I am full of confidence in you. That as you hang out together, as you keep your eyes on Jesus, as you lean into the word, that you have everything you need. You are good people. You have a heart for Jesus. You've got the Spirit of God in your life. And as you walk this walk together, you've got what it takes to instruct one another, teach one another, encourage one another, and stay on the path that Jesus has called you to. Isn't that encouraging? I would say the same thing of Evangel Church. I'm convinced, brothers and sisters, you are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another as we stay together and encourage each other on the path. So today as we wrap up, Normally, I would have the band come back up. Bob would come up and he'd say some encouraging things to you as we get ready to go. And we'd close the service and a bunch of you would scoot out, race to the restaurant. Some would stay and have coffee and some would come up for prayer. going to take the next five minutes or so and workshop what we've been talking about. So the guys at the back are going to put on some quiet music. And in most of the pews in front of you, there's something called an encouragement card. If it's not in the one right in front of you, just look down the, down the pew. You'll find one there somewhere. An encouragement card. These things have been in, your, in the pews for three years. And I don't know that anybody's used them. Maybe some. But they're a tool to write an encouraging word to someone and give it to them and make their day. So I want to take the next few minutes and I want to encourage you, let's, let's all participate to the best we can. And if you're here for the first time and you don't know anybody, we'll give you a pass. All right? But uh, everyone else, if you could find an encouragement card or, or maybe you're a very verbal person and before you leave this room, there is someone in this room you can walk over to and just speak, I really appreciate this about you. I really love it when you do this. You inspire me when you do this. I know you're going through a hard time but I've got your back and I'm praying for you. And God's going to see you through this. Right? To take a few moments and either 
verbally or in a written note, write a word of encouragement to someone in this room and let them know how much you appreciate them. All right? So I'm going to pray. They're going to put some music on. And uh, the music will just take a little bit of the awkwardness out of the room, right? As we, as we just kind of wait, think, write. Because this is building unity, folks. This is building a culture of encouragement to step out and do it. So God, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for the encouragement that we receive from your Holy Spirit as we walk in this journey every day. But God, we know that you gave instructions to us in your word because we need, we need the tangible. We are tangible beings. We are physical beings. Beings of this, of this plane of existence. And we need humans to speak words of encouragement to our heart. And we need to do so for others. And so God, right now in this place, I pray that you would give us wisdom, you would give us words of kindness to speak to one another, to write to one another. But God, I pray that even in this moment, as we do this act, you would take us as a church from one level of a culture of encouragement to another. That this is not just about the pastor making me do something awkward on a Sunday morning. But this is about stepping up and being a people who live this way on a consistent basis. That encourage one another daily. Exhort one another daily. Provoke one another daily. Teach one another daily. Help one another as we walk this journey. So God, we receive your strength and wisdom now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Get it back there, guys.